0: If you're willing to make certain sacrifices in life and have only a few priorities and for me those are my family my kids my husband and my work then everything just kind of falls into place and uh, i want to just dispel the notion that it's impossible to climb the corporate ladder if you also want to be a good uh, mom or 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 even a housewife
1: Welcome back, everybody! To another edition of the Started Up Podcast, a member of the Education Podcast Network. Today we have on author and lawyer, Julianne Lutfi. Julianne is the author of a new book that comes out December fourth: Diapers, Date Nights, and Deadlines. Now, before you start thinking, okay, it's a it's a book about women empowerment or how they can have life balance, because I know that that was the soundbite from the top of the show. This. Conversation. I'm not going to call it an interview. This conversation completely blew away my expectations. One, because there's some unexpected twists and turns. Two, Julianne is just brutally honest, and I think in a wonderful way. Um, she goes over some of the expectations of being a woman, uh, a high-powered attorney, and also different kind of roles in her own household. Um, what she asks her husband to do, and how they balance that out. I was transfixed on how much I loved her philosophy, her mindset, um, the way she's raising her children, and her being unapologetic about it. Matter of fact, that whole unapologetic about it is the reason why I did not edit any of this down. Uh, Caution, there's there's a little bit of language in this one. So... If you have somebody under 18, just fair warning, there's a little bit of harsh language, not much. But um, it was all appropriate in the sense that she's making a point. And quite frankly, uh, it, it, I didn't see it coming, and I <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed the candor for that reason. So I'm going on and on about how much I enjoyed the interview, and so I might as well just get right to it. Attorney, author, badass mom and wife, Julianne Ludvig. All right. I am now joined by Julianne Lutfi. Julianne is the author of the soon-to-be-out book, Diapers, Date Nights, and Deadlines. Julia, thanks for being on.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Okay. So I got it met. the first thing that jumped out, and it may be the least important thing about we talk about today, but it jumped out. Your cover is amazing. Thank and you. It popped immediately. And um, let me just get into full disclosure. Uh, one, um, it immediately, I associated with my wife because my wife is a is a working professional and and um, <laughs> can can probably without having read the book yet. I know it's not out, but uh, I know that she'll want to dig into this. Um, but uh, what what made you really want to put this out to the world? I mean, you're an attorney, obviously, but um, there's been there's been things written about work life balance. So, what was your like? Hey, this is my spin on it.
0: Well, so first of all, I'll say one thing. Uh, everybody says you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover. In my case, I think you should. The yeah, cover is amazing. Cover. Yeah. I did I did design I, I did design it and actually this is the absolute uh the very first design that I got from uh, the person who drew it. Um, didn't change one thing except for a few colors here and there, but that's it. It was perfect when it came out and wow the way, uh, I designed it was because what you see and what you're looking at is the scene at my house every single night. Uh, it's always chaotic, but it's fun. My husband, uh, God bless him, cooks dinner every night because I can't get to it. I try to spend time with the kids. I will have a little glass of wine while breastfeeding once in a while, maybe, maybe. Maybe more than once in a while. That's Um, good for
1: everybody. (laughs) You
0: know, my, my doctor says that the, the wine doesn't get to the milk until 90 minutes after. So drinking while breastfeeding is the best time to do it. I don't mind it. I'm French. So that's uh, something that we do. It's not something that's frowned upon. And, uh, my, my son there, he's always creating some kind of mess and, uh, that's very representative of, of him. So uh, second question what made me want to write this book well I think there's a lot of misconception about working moms especially in the field that I'm in I work for a law firm that is referred to as big law and big law would be those top 100 law firms in the u.s that uh, you know work you to the bone pay you tons of money so that you'll never want to leave uh, the Clients are very demanding because they're paying a whole lot of money for your services, and there's very little room for error, and therefore very little room for anything else other than work. Um, I have been fortunate enough to find a firm that has accommodated my lifestyle with my work, but that doesn't come without many sacrifices. And if you're willing to make certain sacrifices in life and have only a few priorities. And for me, those are my family, my kids, my husband, and my work. Then everything just kind of falls into place. And uh, I want to just dispel the notion that it's impossible to climb the corporate ladder. If you also want to be a good uh, mom or, or, or even a housewife.
1: You know, this is a really interesting topic. I mean, we're, now there's a huge focus on, on uh, gender equality and especially on, on the pay uh, side. And and there's been arguments on both sides. Like sometimes people are like, okay, the data isn't right because men, A, don't bear children or they don't, it's not as often as they take a maternity leave or, you know, men traditionally uh, tend to go to work uh, in more dangerous situations that might pay more, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But without a doubt, there's still something there. And so when you're taking a look at, you know, like I'm demanding accommodations. Like you want to go to work for a company that would accommodate you. or do you feel like some of that is you're in the right position at the right time? um and and if it's if that's so, how would you recommend, and maybe this is what you get into the book, but like how would the average mom out there really start pursuing something and then have the gravitas to say, I really, you know, i hate to say demand, but I, I really need the following hours or accommodations or needs. Well,
0: first of all, I don't think it's, um, I think times are changing, but I'm not waiting for somebody or a whole group to change things for me. Um, and you know, this, this situation is working for me because I've created for myself. I'm not waiting Oh, go ahead. No,
1: that's a great point. That's a great point. Let me stop you on that. Like, so I'm, first of all, <laughs> our, our mission here is, you know, opportunities are everywhere. You can create your own opportunities. You don't have to wait around. So did you seek this firm out because you knew they'd be accommodating or did you get in there and create your own niche because of your killer work?
0: No. Um, and it's not, I didn't create my own niche. I created my own practice, right? That, or the, the way that I work, the way I function, I, I work in such a way that I'm having people adapt to me without waiting, you know, getting together with a whole group of women. I, I love my colleagues. It just, I run my practice a little bit differently. Um, and, uh, so no, I, I got this from complete serendipity. I was in Switzerland at the time, uh, right before I started working here, I was in Switzerland working for a bank. My husband asked me to marry him. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, There's a lot that happened, but let's just say that I got married and I moved back to Boston where my husband is currently and Foley was kind enough to offer me a job here. And uh, what I mean is that I, first of all, I had people trust me before I even had kids. Um, I knew I wanted to have kids. I had just gotten married. But before I had kids, I just had people trust me in that I gave 100% of myself to my work. Um, if I had a deadline, I respected it. If, uh, you know, if somebody needed help, I jumped in. Um, I made myself so indispensable that people needed me here. Uh, and I worked really, really hard, didn't take any vacation. Actually, I haven't taken any vacation in, uh, four and a half years, except for the two weeks during which I got married and two maternity leaves. And even those weren't really vacations. Um, I just make myself so indispensable that they really need me. And therefore anything that I need, they'll give it to me so that I can stay here and do my job well. And what I need is I need time with my kids. So um, the way I lead my life today is that um, you know, I'll wake up in the morning, spend a couple of hours, with my kids come to work. I'm a hundred percent at work. And then I leave every day at five and everybody knows that between five and 7:30 PM, I am not in front of my computer. I may have my, my phone with me and I'll answer all the emails. I may have my, um, I, I may be available for phone calls anytime, but between five and seven 30, I am not in front of my computer. And I spend time with my kids, my kids go to bed. I'm back on the computer. Until midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., whatever it takes, all night, I don't sleep, that happens. But um, I really only have these two things, my family and my work, and I try to make them both work together. That's, that's really,
1: wow. That's it. No, I, 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 I love hearing that um, because you're, you're doing what it takes, but at the same time, uh, you have a non-negotiable. Uh, speaking of which, and I guess we might as well talk about it now. We, we have a mutual friend. Um, yes. and that is something I've respected about JT as well is that, um, having gotten to know JT over the, over the years is that he also has those non-negotiables of like, Hey, I'm about ready to take a vacation with my kids. It, it's not going to be answered. Um, and, and that's the way it's going to be. And, and I always admire kind of that uh, approach because it's one thing to, you know, there's the, you know, the, the whole hustle and grind. And if you're not working hard, then you're getting behind kind of thing. And I understand that I do, but I also understand life's balances. And I also understand that an, an, an unfulfilled marriage is very costly. Um, and, uh, and, and you don't get those years back with your kids kind of thing. And, and that's one thing I've just, I don't know, I'm always scared about like this fast, this fascination with people out hustling one another and, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead kind of thing. Uh, man, you know not me. (laughs) I just, I, so I I love hearing this.
0: Uh, I hear you, but there's one thing you said, um, you know, life's balances. My uh, premise actually is that there's at least the, the way that I see things, there's really no work life balance because I'm not trying to have a separate life with my kids and I'm not trying to have a separate life at work. I bring absolutely every single part of me at work. And I know that's something that JT loves, you know, bringing the whole self to work. I really live that every single day. But I also bring work home with me. Um, If I need to work and my kids are there, I work. Uh, If I need to have a kid with me in the office, I'll bring my kid with me in the office. Everything just has to work together. My clients know that my my kids are a huge part of my life. And if they want me to take a conference call at 7 a.m. on a Saturday, I'll do it. But they're probably going to be hearing something odd because I probably have a baby on my chest in the baby holder and I'm bouncing to keep her quiet while I'm taking the conference call. They want my advice. They want me to do it. Absolutely no problem. But there's going to be a (laughs) few things, you know, um, somebody wanted me to come in during my maternity leave for a client meeting. My baby was 10 days old. I had the baby with me in the stroller. I didn't care. I didn't mind. They wanted me, but my baby was going to be there. Um, That's, 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 (laughs) that's, That's how I
1: do it. No, that's awesome. And I, I okay. Did you always have to, I'm, man, how do I start? Like I'm hearing both sides either shout hooray or yeah, but right. I'm hearing a lot of my head, like hooray, a woman that's saying, this is the way it's going to be. You wanted me here. You got me. However, here's the things that are going to happen. And then I also hear a yeah, but of, well, not in my office or how could she do that when there's, you know, this or that. So, um. I guess well, <laughs> obviously, this is, a lot of this is your mindset, I suppose, and 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 like talk right now to that woman that that wants to say yeah, but to you, you know.
0: <laughs> I talk to them every day, so bring it on. I have all the answers. You know, the, it just comes down to I love my job, I love my job, and I love my kids. My kids would, you know, I'm just. I'm happy this way. This makes yeah. me happy. And one, uh, I had one of my friends, for example, read uh, my book ahead of time. I wanted some of my friends to to, you know, give me their opinion about the book before it comes out. And one of my friends said, "Julie, there's one thing that you don't talk about in this book is your friends. You mention that you have friends that you're going to have a dinner with a friend here and there, but you don't talk about your friends. I love my friends. I've had the same friends since I've." Grown up, I've had the same friends in Boston since I lived uh, here. I've lived here for 12 years. I've had the same friends. I don't have any enemies, I don't think. I haven't lost any friends, but it's true that for the last three and a half years, my life has been about my work and my kids and my husband. And if my friends are my friends, they'll always be there. I'll try to return their call whenever I can, but. You know, for now, these are, it's such an important time in my life where I'm building my career and I'm not there yet. You know, I'm on my way. I'm in a law firm. I'm trying to make a partner. Um, And my kids, they're young. They need their mom. My friends, if they need me, I'll be there. But, you know, very few are their times that my friends have needed me as much as my kids have and my work has. Um, So those are my priorities right now. And and there's not much room for much else. Uh, But
1: that's, uh, I, I resonate with that so much. Um, and so does my wife. A matter of fact, we were, uh, literally, uh, laying in bed last night and she was talking about the fact that, um, uh, she's really wanted to get a hold of Michelle Obama's new book because she's been doing a press tour. And she's like, the first thing that was hard is, is she's like, you know, my husband, um, all of a sudden was, was gonna go into the Senate. And she's like, I had an identity of my own and I didn't wanna lose that. And, and, um, she did a really dignified, and I'm, and I'm not political. Uh, I just, I try to stay away. But I have to say, as, as a first lady, she did have her own identity. And she didn't, look, like, she did do things as an attorney. And she was still a great mom. And she found that balance. And, um, and we're the same way at our house. Like, I'm busy. And so is, you know, my wife's a nurse practitioner on the OBGYN side. And then I'm running a foundation and a company and a school teacher. And sometimes my wife, you know, I think you'll respect this. Every now and then my wife's like, Donnie, well, she still calls me Donnie. We've been together since we've been 16. But she's like, Donnie, go out and like, go be with your friends. Do you have friends though? <laughs> she's like, please, it's good every now and then. Because 99% of my time, like my my idea of a perfect evening is watching Kung Fu Panda with my kids and snuggling up to Alicia. And um but it is, it is good every now and then. And I'm talking maybe once or twice a year. Do I, but just like you, my friends have been friends since I've been five. And they know that it's completely okay that if I see them once a year, damn it, once a year, it's going to be. So and we're going
0: to make it count. That's, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Uh, uh, I'm not sure why I'm getting into so many personal things, but my wife I was so happy for her. She actually took a trip to Florida with four other friends from the neighborhood. And it's the first time she's ever done anything for herself. And just, so Alicia is selfless. And of course, right when she's about to read it, I'm taking her to the airport that morning. She's getting ready to go. She feels guilty about it. And our dog has a stroke. No. Yes. And she's like, this is a sign. I shouldn't go. I should just stay home. And Zoe's not. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You're going to go. And you're going to go now. I will take care of the dog. The dog will heal. It will be. (laughs) And so it was so... Awesome. And I'm telling you what, she came back a different person. She was yeah. relaxed and it was, anyway, sorry about me. No,
0: no, I, I completely, it completely resonates with me. I'm sure however she didn't take that trip when your kids were, you know, nope. one and nope. four and nope. seven, it's just well,
1: impossible. <laughs> no, it is. And you're right. I mean, my, my youngest is nine and my oldest is 17. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it is, it is easier now. And even when we had opportunities to do it, she's like, I just can't. She just, you know, she just felt too bad. Um, Although when she came back from this trip, because I've always been telling her, you know what, just you and I should get out. Just you and I should take a trip to California or Florida or wherever. And now she came back. She's like, okay, you're totally right. I mean, she was only gone for three and a half days. (laughs) She's like, yes, this needs to be a a thing.
0: That's one thing I keep telling my husband. We need to go away a little bit. I mean, we really have not gone away since... I can't, I can't remember. I think it was a baby moon before we had our first kid and we went away for a few days Uh, and I still ended up working the entire time, but um, we do And what's very important. And we make a priority though. And that's the third part of my book, which is every Saturday night for two or three hours, we block off come rain or shine, no matter what happens, we go out on a date night. And we have, we have two or three hours to reconnect, to talk about the week, to just, you know, try not to talk about the kids, just have a little bit of time for ourselves. And, uh, we try to work on our marriage. I, I work on my work. I work on my kids, but we work on our marriage, uh, to keep things going and, and, um, I give up a few a few details in my book that my father in law wishes I hadn't, uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, it, that that's just as important as the rest.
1: Absolutely no, it, it is. I, I, I man, I, one I I love hearing this because <sighs> I'm gonna get in trouble for saying this. Um, I get
0: in trouble all the time. Go for it.
1: Well, no, I mean, like, look, I, I'm a traditional libertarian. <laughs> If that makes you. sense. I call myself
0: and, a traditional feminist all the time.
1: Right. No, I, that's what I'm getting at. Like I love women's empowerment, but some of the things I see coming out are, well, you know, men suck kind of thing. You, and and, and I, I think there's a balance here.
0: Well, you'll appreciate this then, especially as a mom with a little boy. I don't, you know, I don't want him to be afraid of anything growing up either. I want him, I'm not raising him to be, you know, a real man or I'm raising him to be a good man. And there are still good men out there. uh, Uh, Your husband's
1: making dinner for you and is in love with you. And And,
0: well, listen to this, actually I was, so the book is called, you know, the main title and a French working mom's guide. Um, So, I was raised in France. My mom is French. My dad was American. He passed away, unfortunately, a few years ago. But um, I have very, very conservative, traditional French values. Okay. So, whatever you think is conservative American, you know, times 10, my mother to this day does not wear pants. She sews her own skirts. It can be (laughs) below. 20 in Boston in the winter and she will be wearing a skirt um, I think I've seen my mom wear pants you know 10 times and so anyway that my whole point is I was raised with very traditional French values and um, typically uh, the way I was raised and that's how my sisters do it the mom has kids stays at home takes care of the kids take care of the husband the men don't do anything the men don't uh, clean up after after dinner the men don't do the laundry my mom comes to my house, and if she sees my husband carry, you know, a load of laundry, she says, "Oh my God, what did I raise? I'm so sorry, Michelle. You're my, my daughter. I'm embarrassed. I'm a terrible mom. She's a terrible wife." And I'm like, "Mom, shut the fuck up. I'm a successful attorney. I'm working. You can see me. It's okay. He can carry a load of laundry." But <laughs> so, I'm very traditional at home in that my husband is the head of the household. I want him to be that way. I'm not trying to run anything. And I am subservient to my husband. So I'm very different at work than I am at home. Um, and, you know, I think that's okay. A lot of women give me heat for saying my husband is the head of the household. I guess you don't hear that anymore that much. Um, I don't want my husband to do laundry. I don't want my husband to cook even, but you know what? I have no time to do it because I have a very, you know, yeah. You know, I have it's called a mutual respect time. To, it's called mutual respect. <laughs> and we're always grateful for what the other does. So yes, yeah. I make a little more money than my husband does, but that's because the situation is, you know, that's how the situation turns out. I found a job luckily that allows me to make a lot of money. And so my husband has to pick up my slack where I'm not able to do it at home. However, the result is that we are both always grateful for the other one picking up the slack of the other.
1: Okay, we're gonna you know hang out I mean? the next time we're in Boston. We're gonna hang out because it's the same thing, same exact situation. My wife, matter of fact, it was painfully obvious. One time, I used to teach middle school, and middle school kids are painfully um, honest. And so yeah. one day, I you know, I'll say lovely things about my wife in class, and I'm like how much I love her, and just I do, I adore her. And um, one day she came in and she visited, and uh, she was there ten minutes and anyway. She left and like. Some of the kids were like stunned, and then I go, "What's up?" And they go, "Mr. Wetrick, your wife really is pretty." I'm like, "Thank you." I'm like, "Okay, she's tall." So my wife, she looks Dutch. She's five um, yeah. ten. I'm not. <laughs> I'm five eight and a half. You know, she's five ten. She's stunning, and she's so the, the kids go, "She's taller than you. She's smarter than you. She makes more money than you." And I was like, and, and they were trying to say, what's in it for her? And I'm like, I'm a nice person. <laughs> and hey. and, and, and that, that, that's the funniest thing is, one time we were told when both sides think that they got the better end of the deal, that's a yeah. perfect situation. She seems, she seems, to think, <laughs> I'm laughing saying this. She seems to think that I'm going to catch because I'm loving, I'm compassionate, I'm nurturing to my children. Um, and I think that she's the greatest thing ever, and so I love hearing that because I'm very right, liberal on exactly. a lot of my policies. I'm very open minded. I, I I I support a lot of things uh, that are more on the quote left side socially, and and yet I also I cringe when sometimes I hear some of the. Too far-reaching, um, you know. Men are just the worst kind of rhetoric. Because I think, oh, I, think pretty, right, well, I think we're pretty right. I think we're well, also not-
0: you. You'll probably appreciate one of the one of the chapters in my in my book is actually about. Uh, I, this is this chapter I was afraid I was going to get most heat on because of my ideas, and I work in a very liberal state in a very liberal office, and I'm really afraid to say anything traditional. But I cringe at the convenient feminism is what i call it you know you can't use feminism to your advantage and say oh women are the best women are better women this and that and then you go out to dinner and then the man doesn't offer to pay for dinner and then you know the woman gets her pants up in a bunch and say oh you know you're supposed to pay for dinner well hell no you know you can't have it both ways either you're going to be a hundred percent equal and if you can make that work that's great good for you but you know otherwise just admit that there are certain differences between men and women. And I promote yeah. consistent feminism. Either you're going to be a hundred percent equal and you know, there's no man is the one who takes the trash out and the man is the one who picks up the veil and the man is this and that. Either you're a hundred percent equal or admit that there are inherent differences between men and women. And then, you know, just live with it, change yeah. it little by little if you want. Or, um, yeah. There's-
1: yeah. No, I, it's funny you say that I, I was having this discussion, um, which, Ironically, we're full circle. Two of our board members are JT and then another one's Molly. And and Molly Kane was the director of innovation and venture for Homeland Security. And we are talking about the fact that what has hurt her is that now that we're a lot of times so sensitive that she has missed out on, she's going to call like the good old boy, uh, let's meet for a drink in the hotel lobby and and talk about a potential deal. She's like, because Molly is young and she's, pretty and they're like oh hey look I just no thanks and I don't want I don't want to just I don't want to have a drink because I don't want you to seem like I'm being inappropriate and she's like no I don't think and so she's like I've missed out on some opportunities because people were being cautious Yeah, you know exactly. they didn't they didn't want to get caught up in the you know accusation stuff later and she's like look I like it's 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 bummed her out and and I and I can see that was both sides like in, in in some ways I understand why some of these guys were like hey if I meet you with a drink you're gonna think that I'm but I'm not so let's just not and she's like that sucks
0: and so, and, and you know, that's exactly right. And that's one of the things I absolutely hate and I'm lucky enough to be French. And so everything that I do or everything that I fuck up, I can just blame on being French. Oh, you know, and they'll all say, Oh, don't worry. That's Julie. she's just French. Oh, but you know, I'm actually one of the bros here. And so <laughs> people will see, you know, if somebody the other day, somebody said, all right, gentlemen, and they looked at me and they said, you know, they were afraid that I was going to, yell at them for calling me John. I don't know. I'm dude. I'm bro. I'm gentleman. I'm, you know, I talk about all the things that I'm not supposed to talk about as a woman. I make jokes that I'm not supposed to make, but you know what? Not everything is meant to be offensive. Some things are just meant to be a joke. And you know, I just, I can say, anybody can say to me what I would say to anyone and anybody can say to me what will be said to a man. If somebody is not saying something in front of me, because I'm a woman, I flip out, and it just pisses me off how sensitive this world has gotten. Everything is offensive now. you can't say anything. I'm a very sarcastic and funny person at least I like to think I'm funny. <laughs> no, I'm
1: muting anything. myself from laughing actually no, Go ahead. no, but
0: seriously, I can't say seventy five percent of the shit I usually say because now it's offensive well i
1: no, i anyway. i I think that we we've crossed a, a threshold we we yes. have now a talking point when the um the, a few weeks back, the, the the Saturday Night Live skit of of uh, you know him making fun of the uh, the Navy Seal that lost his eye in combat because a human body blew up in front of him from an IED, and you know he's like I don't know I probably shouldn't make fun because he served in war or whatever, and then that made people pissed, and so a the the Navy Seal went on Saturday Night Live to kind of roast him back, which is like Saturday Night Live's at least showing that okay we needed to learn how to take a joke as well. But, exactly. But the guy's response before he won an SNL was, you know what? I don't have to be offended, but worse than that, we don't need to always be offended. You know, he's like, Yeah, he said something stupid. It's not gonna kill me. It's not gonna bother me. Exactly. And and um when even Chris Rock and 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 Jerry Seinfeld are saying we can't do college campuses anymore because like, take a joke. Like Chris Rock's job is literally to poke and mock and make fun of things. That's a comedian's job we laugh at things because maybe we need to find humor and things. So no, I, I totally, totally get you.
0: So that, that's it. You know, I'm, I'm a hundred percent against any man trying to uh, intimidate a woman. If any man gets yeah. out of line and disrespects a woman, I will fuck him up. Okay. I mean, I will not let anything go. I will stand up for any of my colleagues, the colleagues that are females and feel disrespected by men But, you know, be honest about how you feel. Be honest about how things make you feel. Don't, um, you know, if something makes you uncomfortable, say it and the person won't do it anymore. And if they do, that's a problem. But, you know, I'm just, I want women to feel strong enough that it's not an issue to, you know, to tell people how you feel. And if you think something is funny, laugh. Okay, you know, if somebody's trying to make a joke and you think it's funny laugh, it doesn't need to be offensive. It doesn't always need to be um, taken, you know, so seriously. So seriously, yeah. That's it. Just kind of. That's it. So that's how I live my a- life.
1: Everybody needs to chill. No, so I one, yeah. I, I I love the fact, and I can't wait to to get digging the book. It's release date is December 4th. 4th. Okay. 4th. Well, I can't wait. Um, One, just because having two daughters and, and a wife who, and you've met Ava, you've met my oldest and my middle is no exception that I've got two very professional girls that um, I'm looking forward to this because it's, it seems as though there's a really cool balance of, I can be a professional and I can be a mom and they are not mutually exclusive. And I love that. Uh, I love that. It just resonates so much with me, with Alicia um, and my daughters. And so um, a congratulate your husband on being just such a cool guy. I love the fact that yes, that's awesome. And um, no, like uh, tell everybody else where they can find the book, all that good stuff.
0: It'll be on Amazon. And then I have an audio book coming out also in January because um, if other uh, working moms are like me, they don't have much time to sit down and read a book. So book out uh, just a few weeks after it's released on
1: Amazon. I am a huge fan of Audible. All right. Again, the name of the book is Diapers, Date Nights, and Deadlines, A French Woman's Guide to Success and Survival. Julianne Lutfi has been our guest. Julianne, I'm telling you, you're a breath of fresh air. And Thank I you. promise you the next time I'm in Boston, let's uh, please all get together.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm always here.
1: All right. Thanks so much.